Welcome to Just Be With Bridget podcast. I'm excited to have my next guest with us today. She's a Rhode Island native. She's a dear friend, a mama to two adorable kitties, world traveler, movie phenom, and music lover. Please welcome Brittany Fife. Thank you, Bridget. Um, I'm so honored to be here and on your podcast. I am too. So when I started my podcast, you know, my goal was to talk to individuals that were kind of doing their own thing, inspiring a lot of them are more small business owners, but I knew I also really wanted to bring on people that I connect with, you know, either through shared interests, you know, good friendships, and just talking about what inspires them, their passions, and I knew I had to talk to you. We're both um, movie lovers. We both love, you know, Marvel and Harry Potter, but we also have a love of the Beatles that I always thought is just so wonderful. Um, so we're definitely going to be chatting through all of that tonight. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so ready to get into it. Awesome. All right. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. But for the Beatles, I'd love to hear kind of for you, what was that, that first song that kind of instantly connected you to becoming a Beatles fan? That's a great question. Um, well, I guess I'll take a step back. I became a Beatles fan for my dad. Um, Love it. I grew up a daddy's girl and the Beatles were playing in our house often and in the car. So um, I guess if I had to pick a song that um, I guess kind of launched my love for the Beatles, it would probably be their early stuff. So like, I want to hold your hand or oh. love or love me do. Um, Love Me Do, I think my open, the Beatles One CD, which um, was released when we were kids. And it's the yeah. compilation of all their number ones. Um, so yeah, those early Beatles songs from like their Please Please Me album and Meet the Beatles um, were the, the jumping off point for sure. I love it. That's so great. Yeah. They're really songs. Some of my favorites. I, my favorite is Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Oh, so good. Um, George yeah. Harrison, like at his, you know, at his best. Um, mm -hmm. And when I was in college, I took a, I was lucky enough to take a Beatles, uh, Beatles lyrics as poetry, I think it was called in college. Stop, that was a class? That what? was a class. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, the, we, it was one, one day a week. So it was one of those really long seminar classes. And okay. each class we would cover an album. Um, oh my God. That's yeah, amazing. it was really probably my favorite class I took in college for obvious reasons. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. That's so cool. I love that you kind of like grew up with it. Um, and also, I, I do always love that you named your cute kitties, Lennon and Lucy. Lennon and Lucy. Yep. Um, Lennon, obviously after John Lennon, not not a Vladimir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um lucy after lucy in the sky yeah yeah oh, and they're so they're so cute they're um oh my god i love your cats they're so fun to play with <laughs> i was so happy when i got to meet them oh my god it was the last last september i got to finally meet the cats and it was so nice <laughs> i know we haven't seen each other in person since february i think which i think is, yeah february which is which is so sad bonkers it's just this yeah this year is definitely thrown i think everyone for a loop Ugh. Sure. But going back to kind of music and whatnot. So obviously Beatles are amazing, whatnot. But I'd love to hear kind of how your introduction to the Beatles and that kind of grew your music passion. Because from my perspective, you know so much about different music and artists. 
you're always listening to different things. And like, I feel like since our friendship began about seven years ago, I've discovered new artists that have been around for a while or even just brand new ones. So I'd love to hear from you kind of like how, how music just kind of inspires you and how you kind of find and discover new artists. Yeah. So, um, that, like I said, music was always playing in my home growing up, be it the Beatles or, um, Motown from my dad or, um, (laughs) my mom, uh, with like Bob Seger and Journey. So I have like, (laughs) that's a great combo. Yeah. Also, but like Mariah Carey's early stuff and boys to men. So I have like the classics and I had what was coming out at the time and, it was great. And I think that was kind of my early education um, into becoming a music fan. And um, as I got older, I started thinking about like, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I saw the movie Almost Famous released yeah. in 2000, Cameron Crowe and yeah. starring um, Kate Hudson. And I thought, that's it. Like, I want to be a music journalist for Rolling Stone magazine as I said that when I was like 12 or 13 and that was my goal throughout high school. And when I first started college and so it's a mix of like always having music playing at home, a little Mm -hmm. bit of that movie, always being a fan of storytelling. Um, Music isn't, is another form of that. Um, So as I got into high school and I was in a high school in the great, like pop punk emo phase, (laughs) like blow up that was happening in the early 2000s. So I remember going on like um, live journal and like, like emo lyrics on blurdy.com and just (laughs) like, I would go through lyrics and be like, Ooh, this really resonates with me. I would Google the lyrics. And that's how I found a lot of bands in high school was like working backwards from the lyrics. Um, I love that. Yeah. So, um, my love for music just like grew through high school and I didn't become a music journalist for Rolling Stone, but um, <laughs> I still music is therapy till this day for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really missing live shows um, throughout yeah, the print. Yeah. You're my, my concert goer. Yeah. And I haven't been able to do that. Uh, all of us haven't been able to do that. A lot of bands have adapted and done live streams Mm-hmm. during the pandemic, which is great. Um, a lot of them do it to raise money for charities, which you yeah. love to see. Um, but a lot of our local music venues are struggling right now. Um, so if anybody's listening and wants to donate to local theaters and art venues, they they really need it right now. Um, and I hope, I hope we can get back to live shows soon. Yeah, I hear you. What was... um. What was your first concert? My first concert was Bare Naked Ladies, um, their nice. Maroon tour, which I saw them at what was the Tweeter Center at the time, which is now, is it, com- what is the Mansfield venue called these days? I am not sure. I've never been. <laughs> yeah. I, for- I always forget. It was Tweeter Center and then it was, com- is it Comcast? Maybe it's Comcast. Comcast Probably. owns everything. They really do. <laughs> So yeah, Bare Naked Ladies, they played, you know, the hits. They played One Week. They played If I Had a Million Dollars. They played Pinch Me. It was awesome. Oh, that's great. What was your first concert? Um, So my first concert was Shania Twain. Nice. Um, yeah, went downtown to DC in uh, the Verizon Center. 
Ryzen owns everything too in DC apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had a lot of fun. That was my first concert. And then I really didn't go to concerts at all. I think I went when I was 10. And then I, I don't think I went to a live concert. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure until a couple years ago when Tom hey. took me to U2. He took me to their oh. 30th. We got to see their 30th Joshua Tree tour, which was so much fun. And so, like, I loved it. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't – I pretty much didn't see concerts for almost 20 years. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm more You have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm always, like, whenever you post new music artists to songs you're listening to, I'm like, oh, let's, let's, let's take a listen. Let's see what this is. Because <laughs> I just – I always, like, I grew up doing ballet. So most of, like, I would go to ballets and I loved musicals. So, like, I did a lot more of that stuff rather than go to concerts because I'd rather – I just – I always – like I save up every year. I always, I used to always go see the ballet, um, the Nutcracker every Christmas season. That's my favorite ballet. And I've seen it pretty much every year for the last like seven, eight years. But yeah, I always went that route for most of like my Mm -hmm. live arts was mostly, you know, it was theater, it was music theater and Broadway. It was those performances. So that's why I never really went the concert route, but concerts are fun. Like when like you're in that kind of feeling like since I saw you two a couple years ago, we got like, we scout tickets to go see like Depeche Mode, which was nice. so much fun. Like yes. I, was, I didn't even realize how many songs I knew by then that I just grew up listening to. They just so, like, got, yeah, they just got inducted this year into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, they did. Oh my gosh. They're, yeah. It, and they were still rocking. Like I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. And like our last concert we got to see this year was we saw Michael Fronte at the House of Blues. And he was so much fun. Like, he comes into the crowd off the stage. Like, he was, like, two feet in front of me. And, like, his just – his, you know, his aura, his presence is just this joyful experience. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm glad that was kind of, like, my last concert before COVID because it was just such a fun night. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I I really can't wait post-COVID to just, like, not be uncomfortable in that type of scenario because <laughs> I feel like for the next, like, year or so, I'm going to be a little bit nervous being in, like, a crowd of a couple hundred people. We, we got the masks. How we feeling? <laughs> I know. I feel like it's going to at least take me a while to get, like you were saying, okay in those atmospheres again. Mm-hmm. Even once we all get vaccines, it's you're, you, we're just all so used to not being around a lot of people that your brain yeah. is just going to be a little like, what's Frazzled. going on? Yeah. I mean, even, even like Tom and I will be watching TV and watching movies and we're like, my God, they're so close together. Like, how are they doing this? And we're like, wait, this was like, you know, it's a 10 year old movie or like this came out six months, like this came out before COVID. And it's, it's still very weird to see people in close settings, even just watching movies. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I, I don't think I'd be that close to that person. He, he, he coughed earlier. Like, yes. oh my God, like what has COVID know. done to us? I know. Uh, um, but going back to first shows, so Bare Naked Ladies was my first concert, went with like my mom and like my godmother and her kid. Um, I, love it. I think I was, I think I was 11, mm-hmm. 11 or 12. And then my first concert without parents was <laughs> two, 2004 at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence. Um, I saw Incubus and Sparta opened for them and that was an amazing show. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, I saw them on the Crow Left of the Murder Tour. Mm-hmm. And for me, Incubus has kind of gone downhill like since that album. Since so then, yeah. so I feel like I caught them like right before that happened. Which right at their not, peak. <laughs> right, up, right up there, yeah. Oh, that's so great. Oh my gosh. 
That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, music is just such an incredible part, I feel like, for any person. I mean, I think I love what you were saying earlier that you're a big fan of the storytelling aspect and how lyrics really do tell stories. I mean, I I, I think, like, Tom will agree with this sentiment. He, he feels like not a lot of current day bands really tell stories in their lyrics. At least for him, nothing's better than, like, the 70s and 80s. So he, he yeah. loves that type of tunes. But... I think that's such a cool sentiment, how like you look for the storytelling behind what music can really do because everyone does. I think everyone loves a story, whether or not they like know it's a story. I think everyone likes a story. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Oh God, I love music. I feel like we could talk about it forever, but there's lots of things I, we agree on, but one thing that I am, I obviously have to go here. Um, (laughs) We both have a dear love of Harry Potter. Um, We both kind of, for me, I was introduced to it right after the first um, the movie was being, it was like a teaser trailer came out and my sister was like, hey, I think this is something you'd be into. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And then I saw the book in the store and I bought the book. So I hadn't even seen the movie and I was like, I feel like this is kind of cool. So like I started reading the books in 2001, right when I turned 11. And so like I grew up with that series, with the movies. And so like it's been a huge impart- impact on my life. And I always love that we we bond over how we were <clears throat> resorted into different houses with Pottermore, you know, yes. with his dad. I was not I was not thrilled with my resort mainly because I feel like I truly identify as a Hufflepuff. So what were you resorted into? I got resorted into Slytherin. Wait, I also got resorted into Slytherin. I, maybe I forgot that you also got put into Slytherin. I think it's because I was very upset with it because, like, A, I don't like snakes. I'm terrified of them. And so I was like, this doesn't seem like it should be a good fit. I feel like Hufflepuff is very much me. Um, I agree. I can, I, can, I can understand the aspects of, like, loyalty and ambition and drive that comes with the Slytherin. So I'm like, okay, I have those qualities. So mm-hmm. I, I accept it. I wasn't thrilled by it. <laughs> it was a slow acceptance. Yeah. Because you were Gryffindor, correct? I was. I was like, I, I every quiz I've taken for Sorting Hat, it's always yep. been like, you're a pretty 50-50 split. Like I was like very like Harry Potter. Like it could have gone either way. Either way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You just had to like, who do I feel like being today? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love, yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm sure I took every single sorting quiz out there. And then when I finally got onto Pottermore, I was like, yes, my time has come. And I got Hufflepuff. I'm like, this is great. And then I think you t- came in to the office with your Slytherin sweater and you were like, I got resorted. And I was like, that's a thing. And I think I literally, I think I went on like my work laptop at the time and I was like, I gotta know what's going on. And I, I got resorted and like, up popped this green thing saying Slytherin. And I was like, oh my God, don't tell a soul. (laughs) (laughs) That's a drastic change to go from a Hufflepuff sort to a Slytherin sort. Yes. Like, I think I was a little scarred. Mainly just because like, I I don't know. And I also have to laugh at how like, since they kind of did like the reboot with the new Fantastic Beast where everyone became like Hufflepuff obsessed. I was always like, I was there first, me. You were, you were, I'm a, my, Colin, my husband is, um, a Hufflepuff. So it's a Hufflepuff and a Slytherin making it work. So. Yeah. And you know, it's all good. I'm, I have no idea what Tom would be. I have to get him to try it. He, um, he didn't discover the, he didn't discover like the books until years later. So Tom's a little older than me. Um, so he didn't grow up with them. So like he and I have very different 
discussions when it comes to Harry Potter because it just it impacted us a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd love to hear from you kind of what was your introduction to Harry Potter? Like, how did you either discover it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so elementary school and a girl in my fifth grade class, I want to say, um, was reading it. Uh, reading okay. uh, the Sorcerer's Stone and mm -hmm. she was telling the class about it and I was like that sounds super interesting um, I bought it the first one and I've been a Potterhead ever since <laughs> um, yeah I remember sixth grade doing a book report on one of the books um, yes. and you could get extra points if you presented to the class like dressed as a character from the book you were presenting oh my so gosh. I came in and like <laughs> my robe and my wizard hat because in the first movie that's the only movie they wear the pointy wizard hats and they yes throw them in the air at the end yes um fun fact they stopped doing that because many hats caught on fire from oh my god from the lanterns in the great hall so they were like <laughs> we're gonna nix the hats for uh, the next movie yeah um so yeah a friend in elementary school and i've just loved them ever since um pretty it's a bummer that jk rowling has gone off the rails I know. <laughs> it, it makes There's, me sad to see that it makes me sad to see that um but i and i think daniel radcliffe came out and said it to the fans that those stories belong to us as readers and fans and yeah you can't like do not let whatever JK Rowling is spewing on Twitter, whatever, wherever she is. Um, yeah. Make you feel differently. And don't let her take them. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, yeah. I, yeah. When that was happening, I was like, Oh, don't do this. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like they can't, they can't take what they mean to us. I mean, even for me, I did a book report in middle school on the order of the Phoenix and it was like, I was, I think I had applied. It was like the last book report we did in middle school before we went to high school. And I remember like, I, or excuse me, where was it? I don't know. It was like, it was basically a summer project. I had to do this huge book report and you had to pick like a book that was meaningful and you had to write like this, like 10 page thing. And also like 10 pages for like a middle schooler in the summer. I'm still amazed that I did it just because it's what summer. But I remember I did the Order of the Phoenix and I just loved it so much because I was the first time I got like, I felt that I was analyzing parts of the story and what it meant to me. And over then, my, most of my academic career, I've actually referenced Harry Potter in multiple things. In college, I wrote an essay. Um, NPR does this really cool concept called This I Believe. Mm -hmm. And people can kind of write. It's a pretty short essay, like about two, three pages max, and people submit them to NPR. And if you're selected, you actually have to like do a recording for them. But it's basically something that you truly believe in that helps you identify. And, you know, some people talk about all sorts of things. My professor talked about she believed um, in being broken to build yourself back up. And she talked about, you know, she went through a couple different depression phases. She went through postpartum depression before that was really a diagnosis, and I just, I would always love that, but mine was Harry Potter. And I still remember it because it was the first time that I was like, you know, I, my, my, my joke was like, you know, I believe in Harry Potter, not that I believe in wizards and magic. I went, but I believe in what it taught me and how it showed me to be a person. Cause for me, I was definitely the geekier kid. I was the overachiever. I didn't go to parties. I was always the one that was like, no, I'm going to go to the library. Like I was just 
that was very much me. And so mm-hmm. seeing this awesome character of Hermione, like be the bookworm, but also be like this badass female. I was like, I can, I can still be me, but like, I'm okay if I'm, I feel like if I'm a geek, but that's okay. And it was such a vital part of like how I felt more comfortable becoming who I wanted to be reading those books. Yeah. And I think that's what Harry Potter was for so many people. Um, yeah. My parents divorced when I was 10 and I remember uh, might, it might've been the summer. I don't know, two, maybe two summers, whenever Goblet of Fire, the book came out. And yeah. if, if you remember, Goblet of Fire was the longest Harry Potter book that had come yes. out um, at the time. Mm-hmm. It was it was thick. And we were 11 or 12 reading this like 700 and something page book, oh which, my I God, thought, yeah. which I thought was so cool. I was like, I'm so smart. This book is yes. so long. Um and it came out during the summer. And that summer I had a, a contest with my, one of my best friends at the time to see who could finish Goblet Fire first. That's amazing. <laughs> so I would be like, after my bedtime, um, like lights out, but like still reading by like a flashlight in my yeah. bed, Goblet of Fire. Um, yeah, it got me through like that time after my parents' oh. divorce. I have Harry Potter to thank. Um, seeing, like you said, characters like Hermione, which mm-hmm. I also was like, you know, I liked school. <laughs> like, yeah. I still like to learn. And uh, yes. to see a character like that, um, hanging with the boys, but still like getting the A's and you can be, you can, you know, do both. There wasn't like, yeah. you're either like a tomboy and you only hang out with boys and maybe you don't really like give a shit about school yes. or you're the nerd and you don't really have friends, but here was Hermione just like doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I love it. I love it till this day. Absolutely. And so many, there's so many cool things about like how books and like movies and everything can kind of influence you. But one thing that I have to actually talk about, just because I love so much kind of like, especially you and Colin, you guys, for me, it's just such a fun couple and how you celebrate uh, certain holidays, including Halloween. Um, (laughs) But I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about kind of how you would kind of Played, especially like your costumes this year you were the winter soldier from the marvel universe which was an excellent costume <laughs> um, <laughs> but i'd love to hear from you kind of um so what i've always enjoyed is just like you you have so many really fun passions and so many different interests but like the the marvel universe it's expansive and very big um what kind of drew you into starting to either reading the graphic novels or liking the movies Great question. Um, so I didn't, I haven't really read m- many of the graphic novels. I'm very much an MCU, like movie universe only. Um, I've, I mean, I've read some Spider-Man that's here and there. Um, I, I've read like original Captain America. That's kind of Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, um, I'm more of the movie buff too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I openly will say that like if like, I would love to, I, if people come, like, if I talk to people and they're like, yeah, like, have you read the graphic novel? I'll say no, but like, do you have recommendations for me? Cause I would, you know, what do you love? Like, let me, let me get in on that. Um, but I think, I mean, as a kid, the X-Men animated series, um, one of the best theme songs of all time too. Um, <laughs> I guess that was some early comic book, um, viewing and then the original X-Men series, Mm-hmm. Um, by series, I mean movies. So, um, loved the first X Men and X Two, and then Iron Man came in two thousand eight. 
Yeah. 2008. Yeah. And I was just into it from the beginning. Um, I didn't grow up with comic books or reading them, but mm -hmm. it was, it's good storytelling, right? So oh, yeah, I'm, and, I'm, in, I'm in there. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I admit I wasn't uh, into comic books as a kid, like, unless you count, um, like Calvin and Hobbes, but those were literally like comic strips. <laughs> those are comics. That counts. That's, yeah, that's kind of my only really foray into that <laughs> until like I think college is when I started exploring it because Iron Man came out right when I went into college. So it was the first time I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like he's just yeah. like this badass dude that like built this in a cave. But I, yeah, Iron Man hooked me in. I've always been an X Man fan. I just, I always loved the concept of, I guess it's like the whole like, fantasy aspect where it's like people have these gifts and they can do something cool with them i've always loved that so much and then yeah once iron man came out i was in it and then i don't know i've just had so much fun watching marvel over the years and like i was thrilled when captain america was coming out because like a huge chris evans fan so i mean we could do a whole casting. podcast we could do a whole podcast on chris evans oh my god yeah oh he's just mm, yes yeah, he's, he's like this yes and like, <laughs> oh my god! It's and so and Sebastian Stan, I could go. Oh my on god! Oh my god! What's so funny is so when he got cast in the Winter Soldier, it took me like half the movie to figure out why I knew him, and then like halfway through, I'm like, oh my god, he's the Mad Hatter from the TV show I used to watch. I used to watch the TV show Once Upon a Time, oh. and it's basically like they retold different fairy tales and like basically like all the fairy tales and fairy tale world got put in like this random town in Maine called Storybrooke and they introduced the characters in different ways, but they all have different stories. So like Snow White, instead of like the princess was like fighting, sword fighting, archery master. Like it was just, it's a cool reversal of storytelling, but um, Sebastian Stan plays like the Mad Hatter. And it was so funny because like half the movie, I'm like, why does this guy look familiar? I know him. I'm so, and then I finally figured it out and I'm like, Yes, I got it. And it was just, it made me very happy that I figured it out. But I was, it's been so cool to see kind of the first installments of creating the universe and then the second installments as they introduced each of the characters. It's just been really cool to see them expand. And like, I don't know about you, but I was not prepared for Endgame. Even though I knew I was going to be sad, I was still not prepared for how it all came together. It so was such an amazing accomplishment the yes. way they were able to take all those films and weave them and link them all together for mm -hmm. a very satisfying conclusion yes. i think um yeah i i don't know i was just thinking about this the other day i don't know where the mcu is going in terms of movies next i know they have a lot of tv series coming out on disney plus yeah um i, I think yeah. i heard rumors that they're doing another thor that is correct. Love and Thunder. That's Love and Thunder. Yeah. So I'm I'm hopeful for that. But yeah, I like I don't know what the new story is going to be. So I'm very curious for that. Although, like, I'm not gonna lie. I think my favorite Thor was the third one, Ragnarok. Oh, hands down. Oh my god, I was floored by how much I enjoyed it. Um, at the time, my roommate Amy and I went inside. Like it was like I think like she got home from work on like a Monday afternoon and I'm like so I bought tickets to Avengers do you want to come like we're gonna go see Thor <laughs> like we went and saw it yeah I mean Taika just he his mind is, is awesome is awesome so anything that he touches is 
it, it's great. Like it's it's, great. it's gold. I know. I still I I still have to admit I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. It's been on like my watch list. Like I have to just sit and watch it. But every time I'm like, oh, like oh, like I do this other thing, and I just haven't. But like I've read so many articles, and like I read like a background article where like he had the idea for the character that he ended up playing and he was like talking about it they're like why don't you just play this character they're like no one else is going to do what you want it to do so like you need to just step into the role and i just thought that was so great because i'm like wow like how incredible is a team where like you're explaining a character to try to get them to cast it they're like no nah, 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 it's you just be done come on yeah yeah like, I, th- I thought that was such a cool like learning about how they did that for that background for that movie yeah, super risky, right? Who yep. wants to play, who wants to play Hitler? That's kind of like he's he's comical in the movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing the trailers and cringing and being like, "This could go horribly so- wrong." I mean, shame on me for doubt, ever doubting Taika Waititi because um, <laughs> he he nailed it. It's oh. it's so good. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, it's so great. Ugh. Well, also, so talking about movies, so I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around now because I remember you actually started doing this thing where every year before the Academy Awards, you would try to see all the Best Picture nominations. So you've been doing that for several years now, right? Yeah, yeah, quite a few years now. Because I remember back when we got to see each other in February, I hadn't seen, um, I had just watched, I think I had just watched Parasite like two, three days before, and I was blown away I just like oh my god and then when it won I cried I was so happy but Me too oh it's just so good and then like even and like you know Joker was up this year as well and since when we w- finally watched Joker Tom and I both walked away with very different experiences like he he just he couldn't wait to watch it again and I was like I need to unpack this for like a few days like I can't sit through this again I'm like not even kidding the next night he played it again <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to go into the room and watch, like, uh, I might be watching, like, a Marvel movie right now. Just need to, like, unpack that entirely. But for you, kind of, what inspired you to start doing that tradition of making sure you saw every Best Picture movie before the Academy Awards? Yeah, good question. I I love award shows. I mean, I don't, I mean, they have so many flaws. And I, <laughs> I don't take what the Academy rules as as you know law um yeah sometimes it's a grain of salt i take that totally i mean they the the academy doesn't recognize horror for how it should be recognized or sci-fi um i totally agree with that but i i think i started because these movies that were winning best pictures or a lot that were being nominated i had i i wasn't seeing them and i was like Mm -hmm. and i just got tired of it from watching the show and being like, well, I can't, I can't feel that invested because I haven't seen many of these movies. So, yeah. and they're, you know, they, they're nominated for some reason. So I feel like I'm missing <laughs> out. So, so that's how I started watching them. Yep. And people laugh at me sometimes because, you know, I, I'm active on Twitter and every year around Academy Awards time, people will be like, oh, like, why is so-and-so nominated? Like, who's even seen this movie? And it's like, that used to be me. Like, <laughs> I get it. Like, unfortunately, a lot of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture are not widespread releases. They're or, not like the blockbusters. They're not the blockbusters, exactly. Um, but they're 
amazing movies mm -hmm. that I think people should see. Um, and obviously this year is a little different with movie theaters being closed. And Yeah, I'm very curious as to like what <laughs> this year's of awards could yeah. even be because it's going to be like Mulan. It yeah. just Mul just Mulan and Borat. <laughs> and Borat and and I think the the James, the new James Bond is coming out I think next week. Okay. Oh, throwing Tenet, which I still haven't seen. I have not seen that either. Yeah. I've been I've been doing a lot more TV shows this year rather than movies, um, mainly because I, I love going to the movie theater. That's like one of my favorite things to do is like, I go in, I buy the popcorn that's overpriced, but I always have my candy and my water in my bag. Like I just love the idea of going to the theater and just disconnecting from the world for a couple hours because there's just nothing like it. Like even if at home, like I've surround sound and like lights off, I'm still home. It's not at all the same experience of and you walking might still be checking your phone, right? Oh my god, hundred percent. I can't ever go anywhere without my phone. Like a couple weeks ago, I, I had a really, I had like a two day migraine that just like hit its peak, and I was like, I'm gonna throw up. I'm just done. And I literally took the day off of work. Tom sent me to bed, hid my 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 laptop, my phone, our iPad, turned the TV off, so I had no device for like eighteen hours. And like he made us go on walks when I woke up. Like he like we wouldn't put the TV on. And my God, it was amazing. It was the first time I'd ever like disconnected. And I'm just like, wow, I need to do this more. I don't, but I should. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like going to the movie theater and like any type of like live experience, I feel like it is so nice to just disconnect and forget that. Yeah, I might have a couple of text messages, but none of them are life and death for this two and a half hour movie I want to watch. Maybe three hours because I get there for the trailers because I love trailers. <laughs> Obviously. Because <laughs> just trailers are just so much fun. And like, they're just like, I feel like it just gets you like all excited to like watch whatever you're going to watch. Yeah, I miss that feeling. Yeah, that'll be, I am looking forward to that. And I, it's funny, like, I know movie theaters are open right now, but for me, like, I, I'm not comfortable with the idea of being in a place that's enclosed and knowing someone has their mask off, I think it just, it bothers me. And so I'm like, I, I was like, I'll go when I'm comfortable and like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm personally going to pick a really weird time that I know the theater will be empty and I'm going to reserve that seat far away from humans. <laughs> mm -hmm. Same. I haven't been to a movie theater either. Yeah. I miss it. I, I, I miss going to like sitting and hanging out in a coffee shop and I miss going to the movies. Um, those are two things I, I miss a lot. Yeah. What about you? What do you miss from besides like getting to go to concerts? Cause that's just such a fun part, but what else are you looking forward to post COVID? <laughs> um, going to new releases of movies. Definitely. Um, I miss like, I don't like, I used to go down to Newberry and just walk around and, and go to stores even with no intention of buying anything mm -hmm. in particular. And now, like, I don't really go to places unless I have a reason, like, a solid reason Perfect. to do so. Yeah, so just I'm looking forward to living with a little less anxiety. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going and, anywhere. And you got an exciting upcoming adventure. You and Colin just bought a house. Whoop, whoop. We just bought a house. The pandemic uh, broke us. We've been city people for so long. and I know. You're my city folk. I mean, like, you were not only in Boston for a while. You guys were living out in San Francisco for two years, back to the mm -hmm. East Coast. You always have been city city people, but not anymore. Not anymore. Um, we're looking forward to more space. Space, for yeah. Sure. More space. 
Absolutely. That's definitely something to look Yeah, I think that's something even Tom and I've noticed. So we live out in Brookline and Brookline's usually pretty full, not a lot of vacancies. And there's like easily a hundred apartments in our area that are vacant. And we're like, this is going to take a couple years. And Brookline, like we think it's outside the city, but people are just getting the hell out of Dodge when it comes to like any type of city living. Cause I mean, even for us, we got lucky. We moved February 29th this year. So two weeks before my company said, see you later, go home for the rest of the year. And we moved into a bigger apartment. Thank God <laughs> we, we yeah. were living in a one bedroom in the North end. I think what this pandemic really showed is like who matters in your life, how well you get along with your chosen partner, I think is an amazing experience. Cause Tom and I joke, like we looked at each other and I'm like, if this, if this year has told us anything, it's that we're, we are a great team. We know how to be together when we literally cannot go anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) So, and we're like, you know, whatever life has, we're, we're ready because we can, we can survive 2020. We got this. Yeah. And I think it's gone either way with, with couples. It's either this pandemic has, you've grown together or (laughs) couples have realized, wait, I don't really like you that much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Luckily, like you've been living with Tom before this pandemic started, but can you imagine if you just moved in with somebody new right before it happened? No, I don't even want to. Like, that'd be terrifying. Especially because, like, I mean, when Tom and I moved in together, it took us, like, two months to kind of figure out a rhythm. I mean, since we moved in together, I was 100% a dog person my entire life. Still love dogs. And dogs just, they know me. They acknowledge my existence, which I love. But, man, since I moved in with Tom, I'm obsessed with cats now. (laughs) Like, yes. one he, of us. One of us. Oh, Tom loves it. He <laughs> loves telling my parents, being like, no, she's a cat, crazy cat lady now. Because not only do we have Jara, who he had, he's had her for 13 years, um, one of Tom's best friends. She's she's in Italy right now. So we've been fostering her cat for over a year and a half. And I'm obsessed with her too. And she's like this fluffy thing. And I'm, I'm taking photos. I've got like 4,000 pictures on my phone of cats. Like I just have to search cat. And it's so many photos and it's like little poses here. And oh, she moved an inch. Let's take more photos. <laughs> it's just, thank God for cats. So I'm not going to lie. Like I, I think having some type of furry friend during this year has been a lifesaver because it's entertainment, it's cuddles. It's just, I don't know. I feel like cats also just recognize when like you want, you need a little bit more. Cause like, I feel like Cats, like, I always joke that cats are, like, that apathetic, like, hey, what's up? Like, I'll see you later. But, like, every now and then there's, like, if I have a bad day, a cat is right next to me. And I'm, like, did you, like, recognize that? And I'm all excited. (laughs) Yeah. Cats know. And I think it – I think people meet a lot of crappy cats. (laughs) You know how sometimes you meet a cat and you're so excited to meet this cat because it's a cat. and. Mm But then it's like, it doesn't like people. Yep. It's like, yeah, I have a cat, but like he hides, doesn't really come out. And oh it's, so, it's so disappointing. Yes. And I mean, I'm such a like very excited person. So like I've always tended towards dogs because if I'm on a street and I see a dog, like I make eye contact and I'm like, hey dog. And the dog will come over and say hi. And I'm like, cats don't always respond to me when I do that. So it was definitely a learning process because, I mean, Tom and I dated over two years before we moved in. And for the whole two years, Jar was kind of like, oh, hey there, you're here again. Hi. 
And then like we moved in and all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'll snuggle on your chest. And I'm like, this is amazing. Man, pets, man, they're so fun. And like, they're just so entertaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you need all the entertainment you can get during oh my this God, whole yes. thing. So, oh, oh my gosh, yes. Oh my God, we've been talking for 40 minutes. <laughs> I had no idea we were talking for this long. So <laughs> we could definitely keep going. But I always like to end with a couple fun, quick questions. So just quick top of mind. And then we'll wrap this up. Sure. All right. So what's your favorite animal? Penguin. Oh, I like it. What's uh, your favorite TV show or movie of the moment? Uh, I just watched Queen's Gambit on Netflix. And that's my favorite series at the moment. I have one episode left. I'm very excited. All right. I'm currently jamming out to. Oh, man. Um... I'm still I'm still jamming out to the new Strokes album. Nice. All right. Our next one is I feel awesome when when I am asked to go on my friend Bridges podcast. Aww. <laughs> so cute. I love it. <laughs> All right. And last one. Um, one word that you would use to describe yourself. Uh, resilient. Love that. Absolutely love that for you. Oh my gosh. Well, for everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe. And for everyone else, please remember to stay awesome, stay kind, and just be you.